A girl is running for her life. The summer air burns at her back, but there are no torches, no angry mobs, only the distant lanterns of the wedding party, the reddish glow of the sun as it breaks across the horizon, cracks and spills across the hills, and the girl runs, skirt tangles in the grass as she surges towards the woods, trying to beat the dying light. Voices carry on the wind, calling her name. That's a quick excerpt from the book we're going to be discussing today, The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. You're listening to One Page More. Okay, hey, Lacey. Hello, Kippen. What's going on? Oh, girl. It's been a month. I was texting you about this. Okay. In the last month, I have my dryer has broken. My daughter has ripped the handle off my sink. I just thought my dishwasher broke. And I have herniated a disc. <laughs> you. Not only have you had a herniated disc, you have been bedridden for what, like two weeks? You know, I was like totally in the bed for um, almost five days total and maybe even longer than that. I can walk now. I actually went to the Y and did some laps today in the pool, which was huge for me. Um, so we're we're going to do it. We're going to get through. But holy crap. I'm like, okay. It can stop now. <laughs> I'm good. Honestly, this is the perfect hobby to have, though, whenever you are, like, down and out. Wait. You just need something to kind of, like, fill your mind so a book can just perform. Yeah, it's the TikTok where it's like, that's enough slices! <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway, if you know, you know. <laughs> um. Yeah, so Addie LaRue. Oh, man. Addie LaRue, I tried to make you my good companion during this tough time, but she was an audiobook for me. We'll get to that in a minute. But um, laying in bed, staring at the wall, listening to an audiobook is depressing. Just FYI. I, I, I could not. I couldn't do it. So it took me longer than I thought to finish this book. I think that makes absolute sense because that is like an ultimate comfort for me is to have like the book with the pages if it like mm -hmm. depended on the scenario and and yeah this book you needed that book in hand <laughs> okay um so uh the big reveal we're talking about oh yeah i already said we're talking about Addie larue by the v. invisible life the invisible Addie. life of Addie larue by v.e schwab I believe it's her last name. Mm -hmm. Yep. So Addie LaRue is um, born in the 1700s. She is an only child. She lives in a small town in France. She's a, a wild child, a flower child in a time and place where it's really not acceptable. Her parents are very religious. She's not, she's really drawn to kind of like the, um, like a woman that lives in like a little hovel that like prays to, um, many gods as opposed to like the one Christian God, like her parents. And she just becomes enraptured with this idea of um, having a different life than what her parents want for her. And then a, a time and place happens where they expect her to marry and grow up and fulfill the role um, that society has placed upon her. And she balks and she essentially makes a deal um 
to be able to get out of this, but she doesn't quite realize what she's going to lose in the meantime. So the whole of Addie LaRue is kind of finding out that her wants was a blessing is more of a curse and how she deals with it. I think that's a phenomenal, um, a phenomenal synopsis, honestly. And that really doesn't get anything away because even if you know a little bit more about this book, I think you probably will still enjoy it for what it is. Uh, but yeah, that was great. Thank you. Let's rip off the oh, band-aid. Man. So I've got to say, there's this season we really try to focus on like a lot of or books that that were well lauded or that would, you know, that would be worth our time and that our readers might have listened to. So this book. I'm pretty sure was like the book of the year for many people in 2020. So I went in with high expectations. And that said, this book for me was probably a two and a half to a three. Probably leaning towards two and a half, if I'm being honest. There was it was just a lot of book, a lot of unnecessary book. And I just wanted a little more joy, but we'll get there. What do you think? What did you give it? Um, I'm like right in step with you. I feel I felt bad giving it a two and a half because it was such a darling. But I'm gonna go two and a half. I really am. This book, I know that a lot of people read it, but I because I knew it was like in my TBR, I stayed away. I gave it like a really wide berth. I didn't read anything about it. So I knew people were excited about it and a lot of people were reading it. Um, but I really tried not to buy into the hype and I don't think that that was part of my disappointment. I just think that for me, it just wasn't it. It just didn't hit the right way. Um, shout out to all the INFJs out there. I feel like this might be the book for you. <laughs> I'm like trying to think of, uh, you know, I can picture the woman or man who this book would really appeal to. Maybe I'll even give you a name when we are off of the podcast, <laughs> but <laughs> but it, it, it's not me. I'm not the target demographic for this book. This book. So I think I think if we jump into should you read or should we listen to it, we can kind of go a little bit more yes, in depth. Yeah. You and I oh, this yeah. book as well. This book is over 17 hours, and I'm sorry, but if it is that long, <laughs> it needs to the attention oh. and this one frankly it just didn't have that the narrator too was yeah maybe like needed a stronger narrator in my opinion which is so funny because you have been like her stan in the past the same narrator um narrates a lot of the chris and hannah books but Kippen, I read those. I didn't. Oh I didn't my gosh! <gasps> I did. Maybe that's why I didn't like the Kristen Hannah books. <laughs> you needed the book in hand, but you know, yeah. I will say she did. I, I didn't really care for any of her voices except for perhaps Luke. Yeah, I um, who we will discuss. She did do good on him, but the rest of them. <sighs> and maybe it it's was, not even her. Maybe it was just that the. That the, the characters didn't carry for me. I just did not. Like Addie LaRue, I really expected to like fall. You know how like you will have like, you you just root for a character so hard. 
I just was really kind of bland on her and Henry. And these yeah. are two of our main characters. So, Oh, yeah. The word I want to use is mediocre. It was fine. It was bland. It was, um, yeah, it was fine. <laughs> and some people will read this. I uh, even maybe me as like a teenager, maybe I would have re read it then and just eaten it up. But me right now, I have higher standards. I think I honestly would have liked this book so much more if it was half the book that it was. Because oh, yeah. in its in itself, it's a very interesting plot The that I will hold off until we get there. But it has <laughs> a lot of potential. But yeah, it just didn't quite hit in the way that I literally watched. I actually watched TikToks of a woman sobbing. And I mean like full on sobbing. She was sobbing how I was during the great alone when there's like this insanely climatic point. And I just could not relate whenever I was reading this book. I was like, wow, you felt so emotional in a part where I felt really like nonchalant and like it just, I don't know. So yeah, didn't, didn't hit those vibes. Yeah. This book is a perfect example of why I don't trust Goodreads. I really don't because this this is like a five star book all over Goodreads and I just don't agree at this all. Is, this and Verity, I've checked out both of their Goodreads in the last month because we've read both of them in the last month. They are both like this one is even higher than Verity. The 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 highest rated book that I know of that does, that has more than like three reviews. This book has thousands upon thousands. So we could just be in the minority where we just don't we just don't have the same taste as Listen, Mainstream. P. E. Schwab is laughing all the way to the bank with her Addie LaRue. Um okay, let's get into it. We're going to talk about first of all, we're going to talk about what worked for us in this book and then we're going to talk about what didn't work. So like Lacey said, she thick. She is so thick. Like it is a lot of plot. It jumps forward and backward in time, um, which to some degree I did like. I like a woven narrative, right? Uh, but because of that, we're not going to go through every plot point. So Lacey, what worked for you? Okay. Like I said, the premise of the book. So whenever we're getting into the details, it was a really, you know, she gets into uh, the darkness, who she later nicknames Luke. She basically makes this deal with the devil. And I kind of kept thinking like, okay. And she really weaves in um, this idea of whether he is or isn't this like wicked person. Because Addie really kind of fluctuates. Like at first she hates him and she hates what he has turned her into. And then she kind of sees a pure humanity in him. I enjoyed the evolution of their relationship that was interesting yeah Addie and luke scenes were exciting to me that was like i didn't mind those scenes especially because luke was an interesting evil he was like kind of an interesting villain because like he is the devil but he's not he's like almost like loki or something kind of this <laughs> god of the night who does whatever he wants i guess it was uh, i i would have liked a little bit more flesh around the role he played 
in relation to the light. Like we never hear about the God of the light in this kind of theology. I don't even know what you would call it, but we don't hear about that person or whoever it is. That deity is just not there and not present at all. Um, so you're like, do, do they hate that or those deities do does he just like have full reign to do whatever he wants you know i absolutely agree and loki is the perfect example where as you're especially if you watch like the marvel shows where like he kind of turns character where it's like he's bad he's good he's back to being bad and that's kind of how i felt about luke and you're right even they mention a point in the book that i was interested in where it's like she can go into a church and like he can go into holy places or you know what like mortals would say or holy places like chapels and whatnot and yeah they they kind of touch on it and then like don't bring it up again where that to me would have been much more um interesting to go in depth on versus like they meet at a speakeasy and then he storms off and leaves like 20 times in a row and i'm like okay right. sure like we, we get it you have an up and down relationship yeah um the other thing that worked for me like you said was the like the writing was solid like I felt like she was a talented writer I liked the amount of details she gave I thought a lot of it was very poetic and pretty and I did think that it was a fresh take on um just the plot in general so basically when Addie makes this deal she can live forever she lives forever in health and in beauty but every person she meets forgets her instantly um like after they leave the room or kind of lose ice like lose sight of her uh it's like she never existed and i mean to me that is literally my worst nightmare to be lonely like that for eternity um and maybe that's why i could not relate to Addie as much because yes it is terrible for her she goes through a lot of hard times trying to figure out how to survive at first in the end it was like worth it for her I really think that that was the drumbeat through the whole entirety of the book is that as much as she gave up it was still always worth it because she got to live this huge life even if she was almost completely alone the, the whole time you're right it kept kind of mentioning this like idea of leaving a mark and how she really couldn't do that and it made me it's just like you're saying it made me question kind of like my own existence where i'm like wow like what's kind of going to be like my own little thumbprint like in the world like what can i do like sure i'm probably never going to be like a i don't know a stephen hawking a bill gates a jesus christ or like somebody that's like <laughs> renowned if you will but you know it's like oh like what can I do and I, I enjoyed how she would find the subtle ways of um of influencing specifically like uh, musicians and artists and kind of like being amused but not receiving the credit for it so being like a bit vague and in the shadows but still like leaving an impression you know, you know what? Another scene sticks out to me as something that really worked. And I wish like it was something that kind of intrigued me a little bit. And I I wish that she had gone down this road a little bit more. It was when she goes um, into an, uh, an apartment building 
And she just walks right past the doorman and he tries to question her. But of course, as soon as she gets in the elevator, he just totally forgets about her. She goes up to like the penthouse and it's this guy, this actor that she's met in the past. And she's actually met him several times enough to like have stolen his key or whatever, have access to his apartment. And so like she never has a home in the book. So she just kind of hops around and after 300 years, she's gotten really good at figuring out where she can rest her head for the night but I actually liked that like the the kind of dirty parts of the story where like she would have to steal to get food or she would have to sneak into this guy's apartment or things like that like that did intrigue me I liked that I agree and especially those like um a, a scene written out where she goes and um asks like try on clothes and um and i think maybe she asked the salesperson for a different size or something and the second they walk away she just like leaves the store because it's like oh they have no idea or no recollection so that was this is what i mean where like the book had a lot of potential to be exciting where there was a lot of fun elements but then it just kind of it kept dragging in this like romance so pretty quickly you know she runs into henry who did you, did you <laughs> like the character of Henry? I just want to know. All right. So when I first, you first meet Henry, he's like painted as this irresistible, uh, can survive in New York City by only working at a bookstore with loads of so student like, debt. I'm like, is this yawn? I was like, this is, it's like, oh, he's clueless and sexy and smart, and he don't he's know he's beautiful. so sensitive. <laughs> he wears his heart on his sleeve. He loves so deeply. Uh, I like was who is this know, man? I could see the e boy just like floating there, and I'm like, I was not having it. I put um yawn in my notes. <laughs> I was like Henry who. Uh, yeah, Henry was not it for me. But then later when I kind of figured out that he was also cursed, which I did figure out before it was revealed, I didn't, I couldn't figure out what he was cursed with, but I knew that that must be it. And I thought that was a fun twist. Um, after that, yeah, I just, I just didn't buy into their relationship. It was hard for me to believe that they were actually in love um or and that it wasn't just that Addie was just so desperate, desperate. yeah just desperate for any acknowledgement whatsoever one of the things about their love what got me is so it talked about as Henry first gets um so his curse is that basically that he'll he will be whatever another person's needs in order to love him like he, he wants to be loved so every yeah. single person's like oh my gosh you remind me of my son or like oh my gosh like you're so strong tall and handsome and exactly what i've been looking for or oh my gosh you're able to fulfill this role as a mm -hmm. <laughs> you're able to fulfill this role as a professor even though i kicked you out of school or right it's not just romantic it's not like sex appeal it's like universally loved charmed and adored and so as it gets into his first relationship, I think the girl's name was Vanessa after he's been cursed one week later, she's saying like how he or how she loves him. And he's like, uh, are you sure? Like it's only been a week. 
flash forward to with Addie, they are together a week and they're both like, oh, I love you. I love you. And I'm like, <laughs> is this not the curse? Did yeah. you not say that this is what happens? I was like, is she just suddenly immune as well? I just was kind of like, okay, well, mm -hmm. maybe if the other part hadn't been written in, it wouldn't have caught me off guard as much, but I was definitely like, okay. <laughs> Whatever. I feel I feel like a big fat liar because we're totally dragging it in the part where we're supposed to say what works for us. But right. I I want to just <laughs> go ahead. And, <laughs> I want to dive into what doesn't work for me in this book, and what doesn't work for me is the excessive amount of flashbacks. I get it. Addie has a past. She's three hundred years old. Well, three hundred plus years old. Um. It just wasn't that interesting to me. Like you flash back to her meeting someone for a day and, you know, having this whirlwind and then being disappointed at the end. And it just happens over and over again. And it was just a little boring. I just, um, I don't know. It, there was something there. It slowed down the pace of the book so much that I just wanted them to be over at some point. I wanted to just focus on her and Henry at the end and how Luke played into that. I believe that the the author definitely wanted it to be repetitive, repetitive to kind of, you know, showcase what Addie, you know, like right. th th her life was basically like just going in circles. But I agree as a reader it really wasn't very fun. And, and I kind of was, so she talks a lot about um, the first time that she kind of like fell, like really fell for somebody was this guy named Remy. And it's this one night sports of experience. Right. And she keeps on talk or like bringing it back up throughout the book, even though it's already told us at the very beginning of the book, it talks about how she's in a relationship with a woman where they've been seeing each other for a couple months or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of kept thinking like this one day felt as impactful as like many, many other relationships that you have with people for months at a time. Yeah. And sure. Every day, like she definitely did have to kind of, you know, go navigate it in a sense that they forget her at the end of each night. But she really felt like she formed relationships with them in the sense that she knew about them pretty deeply. You know, she was able to obviously gather a lot more information about them than they could about her. But I just didn't really understand the point with Remy and why it was so. Mm -hmm. you know I mean? Yeah. How it influenced it so much. Well, I think it would have. Uh, been more powerful if he, if she had just stole like she are she goes ahead and steals other famous characters out of history like Beethoven and um I don't remember who else uh or Frank Sinatra yeah Frank Sinatra um that have like apparently made deals with the devil too made deals with Luke to sell their soul for fame or whatever it is so it would have been more powerful to me if Remy had been a famous person that we know of and that's like pretty well known. Maybe he is, maybe I just need to look into it, but I don't think he is. I think he's pure fiction. Um, and you know, that you sound telling me that about like her being in a relationship with a woman leads me to the second thing that really did not work for me in that, in this book, there was so much virtue signaling and it just went nowhere. Like, there were several um, like LGBTQ characters in this book, including 
uh, Addie and Henry himself, who are both bisexual. Um, but it just seemed like a tiny blip on the radar so that they can like have the badge. And then it was weird to me that that was kind of put forth to then focus on a extremely straight, extremely heteronormative relationship of two white, beautiful people. Like that was a little, it was irritating to me, honestly. Well, it's probably like how uh, B was the out of Addie's three years of existence was the only (laughs) person of color that she's introduced to or, or, you know, that like at least makes like a mention. So, right. Yeah. It was just a little bit much. I'm like, what, honey? Right. (laughs) And like, even the fact, like, I'm sorry, but even the fact that Henry is a sad little jewish boy i'm like this is the it's just it was so uh i i just been there before i have just been there before well it was it was very glazed over two or two or three and i say this because i I, i'm like a diehard follower on tiktok of a woman who's an orthodox jew who goes like you know her whole platform is like teaching people about jewish customs and everything and so the fact that she literally put like she littered in like three jewish phrases or like hanukkah you know i'm like like it just and especially yeah. that he was supposedly raised like very religious oh he was gonna so, be like he was gonna oh, be a hebrew scholar or like what? a rabbi he was a he he studied theology he ha- was getting like a doctorate in it and so it's yeah. like okay well right <laughs> like it, but but it basically held like nothing to his identity except for he produces like a star of david um yeah. <laughs> You remember it was like posted yeah. was very impactful and it was kind of like, huh? Uh-huh. That was, yeah, I just, whatever. I don't know. What else did not work for you in this book? Uh, I'm trying to think. Um, well, I, I kind of felt like, and this is one of a, a huge tenet of the book, but kind of like the confines of their own curses. I kind of felt where like the, the two of them working together or being able to be together you know, throughout this whole book, it's kind of setting up where Luke is really like kind of crazy about Addie. Like he, he mm-hmm. kind of gets to a point where he is nonstop thinking about her kind of thing. And it's, uh, it makes a mention two or three times where basically it sounds like he's asking her to like be his bride kind of thing where it's like, you know, like you can, uh, what is it like the, like the wife of Satan kind of thing. You can be <laughs> Luke. Um, and so I just kind of didn't buy that they're allowed to have this relationship together and he a hundred percent knows it and not only knows it, but like facilitated it in the, in the guys that um, I'm trying to remember what his exact word was, but basically like, so she could see almost that like it how, wasn't worth it. Yeah. And I just was like, so you want her to fall in love with an, a human being, something she hasn't had ever like Mm -hmm. never has had like been in true deep love with someone and had it reciprocated i just was like what's going on here i agree i mean luke is out of touch but i don't think he's that out of touch the other thing that kind of fell flat for me is they kept teasing like what happened in new orleans what happened in new orleans because you know that something went down between her and luke in new orleans and then you realize like oh for an you know 
who knows how long of a time they literally like had a relationship and he basically lived partly as a human and so she did have a period of time where she had that constant contact with Luke and was living with him and sleeping with him and you know romantically involved with him and then at the end of the day he turns around and tries to get her to relinquish his soul her soul once again and so she feels so betrayed yada 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 I mean it's this constant like cat and mouse thing with them but yeah I just I'm like oh okay well that's kind of what I assumed happened like it just wasn't salacious enough I guess for me to be like oh no Luke did that well, it's right. The man's supposed to be like a satanic figure. He's supposed to be <laughs> wicked and cruel, and he takes away everything from her. Why? And like, ma- he makes it where she is basically resolved to nothing, and she has no significant in- significance in anyone's life. So mm-hmm. it's like, of course he's going to do something like that. Like, why wouldn't this man? You know the character Pick? Is it Pick from like... um uh what is it midsummer night's dream huck huck Huck, pick i literally knew exactly who you were talking about before you said anything other than pick and i'm like surely oh i'm sorry also shout out was stanley tucci did he play puck in a midsummer night's dream the movie i think he did anyway great question i'm not sure um I need to revisit that. I'm pretty sure it was Stanley Tucci. So I definitely need to revisit that. But you've got Puck, who's like this mischievous fairy sprite, whatever. And he has all this influence in the forest in Midsummer Night's Dream, right? And it's hard to say if he's a good or bad character. I wish that Luke was a little more Puck. And a little more Loki and a little less like straight up I'm the devil. He's he's referred to as the darkness and she talks about he's got this wolfish grin and like mm-hmm. um, when she's describing him coming it's like the almost like this like fear and you're right it's like it's really set up and like he's a scary kind of not like he's an uh, antagonist right you know so it's like he's not gonna be a what do you call it, a anti anti-hero whatever yeah, anti-hero. like he's he just never hits that for me you know what i will say no, same thing there are apparent stands that wanted her to be with luke and that was like their end game but i just like uh, this this brings no me there. this brings me to the final thing that did not work for me in this book and you're gonna be shocked in this book I just wanted my happy ending. You know that I love bittersweet, (laughs) but this time I'm like, okay, can we just let Addie like give up something, give up her immortality, give up maybe that she dies, you know, who knows? Um, But can we just have Henry and her be together? Or maybe there's like a, even I would have even taken a bittersweet if somehow they both had had like a Romeo and Juliet moment or something like that. But the way that the book ends was just not satisfying to me. I agree. And I'm telling you, I saw that girl sobbing. So I knew <laughs> I, the foreshadowing, I knew it was something. Uh, and it again, didn't go hard enough. Yeah. Right. She did kill like, somebody. 
<laughs> she didn't suffer like this, yeah. like the, the soul loss that it kind of like kept hopping. Mm -hmm. He didn't die. It was just, and, and it was also this like promise of like, there will be a redemption where it's like, you're right. It's like, just give me the redemption now. It's like, mm -hmm. let Luke, because he loves her, let her go. Or, or just let Henry die and then let her peacefully resign her spirit away or what, or soul, whatever. Totally. Like, just, yeah. yeah. Or, yeah, I just, and in this case, I really did want them to have a happily ever after, if I'm being totally honest, because I felt like maybe that would be more interesting of like her, maybe like an epilogue where she now has to integrate herself into normal life again and figure out who she is without these powers and mm -hmm. who she is when suddenly she's not invisible anymore. I I kind of feel like that would be more interesting and like it would have been clunky. And do they even mesh whenever all that stuff is stripped away? Like, does their relationship last, you know? But yeah. we're never given that opportunity. And instead, it was just weird. It was a little clunky to me. She kept like trying to make a deal with Luke to save him. And he's like, no, yes, fine. Have him. No, you can't have him. Oh, no, no, no. And then she's like, fine, have me. But even then, she doesn't mean like, oh, you can have my soul. Take me now from this earth. She just means, okay, I guess I'll just leave uh, this guy I've only known for like a month. And I'll just live with you for the rest of eternity. Is that what? I mean, it was like going back to New Orleans, basically. I, and that was she's now his side chick again. Yes, but she's like trying to like find a so like always the world, outlast him, right? So it's like okay, all right, well, <laughs> like you probably. And the thing is, too, it also would have been more impactful if they never had like a romance to begin with, or you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like if it was like a she truly like like had a deep hatred, but like they've already had a relationship. So and like he's right, uh, whatever his name is, Henry is gonna die. So mm -hmm. she really can be with Luke and be happy. You know, it's just kind of like, okay, well, yeah. I don't know. This book had so much promise for me. I didn't like the way that it went. I agree with you. She should have just went in and been like, okay, we're taking this away. You work as a bookseller. You basically have like your family thinks that you have like not achieved anything. I have no family and have no formal education like how can we make it work we we live in the big city let's do this um and yeah just instead we got some weird romance with some weird curses and a devil that's kind of wicked but kind of not he's not quite scary enough but also not uh mischievous enough he was almost like suave, but mm -hmm. and not repulsive, but which, but he needed to be that. Like it was, it was like, you've, have you ever seen Vampire Diaries? Probably not at all, but like no. Stefan, <laughs> yeah. Stefan, like the, I know the, what you're talking about. Insanely good looking, but like he's supposed to be a bad boy, but actually, you're like, oh, like he would never be a bad boy. He's far too <laughs> handsome and, and he can take me any day, kind of thing. So, yeah, just none of the characters were quite right. And the plot was just, it was too vast. Should have been turned it, down. It really was sprawling. It really was. Okay. Well, 
Um, I think that's all we've got on <laughs> Addie LaRue. Sorry for any disappointment, uh, anyone that loved this book. I get why, but I just, it's its not my genre. What genre would you say this is, by the way? <sighs> like fantasy fiction, but like contemporary fantasy fiction, maybe. I don't know. I'm mm. not good with like, there's lots of little niches and I feel like a dum-dum. <laughs> it, it fell into like a lot of categories. Mm-hmm. But yeah i looked it up it says fantasy fiction historical fiction historical fantasy historical i would say historical, historical fantasy that's what i would say which is honestly right. one of my favorite i actually just started my lady jane and that's kind of a historical fantasy i'm really excited to read that um yeah sorry addy i will just forget you like everyone else did in the book <laughs> <laughs> oh the second we're done with this talking about this book we will never think about it again never you know it's not gonna make that like last an impression but here nor there i know <laughs> feel free to write us a note on our instagram you can follow us at at one page more podcast and give us an earful of why we're wrong why we're right what hit for you what didn't we would love to hear it um, and just what we're missing about Addie LaRue and why it is or is not the best book that you've ever read. Absolutely. Uh, also feel free to follow us on TikTok over at One Page More Pod. And I think that's probably it for now. All right. Bye. Bye. Join us next time where we'll be reading The Road Back to You, An Enneagram Journey to Self-Discovery by Ian Morgan Cron and Suzanne Stable. This has been One Page More. Thanks for listening. Please leave us a five-star review.